Welcome. You are listening to Aftersight. This recording is intended solely for individuals who are blind or have low vision. Thank you for joining us for the February 2nd, 2024 Friday reading of the Ark Valley Voice News Program. My name is Michelle Wexler. Today, we will be reading the following main articles. Estes Industries receives Rural Renewable Energy Grant, written by Ark Valley Voice staff. Farm Bill Extended, Western Legislators Ask for More Funding to Address Extended Drought, written by Jan Wundra. Chafee Housing Authority Ballot Survey Goes Live, written by Elliot Jackson, and Federal Government to End Affordability Connectivity Program, written by Jan Wundra, and following up with miscellaneous articles. We begin with the first article, Estes Industries Receives Rural Renewable Energy Grant. This posted by Arc Valley Voice staff. This week, U.S. Representative Brittany Peterson, CO07, announced that Estes Industries in Fremont County has been awarded a U.S. Department of Agriculture, USDA, Rural Development Grant of $520,000 to help them transition to renewable energy. The funding will be used to construct a solar array to fulfill 98% of the facility's yearly energy needs, helping to protect the environment and allowing Estes to continue supporting the local economy and employing Coloradans. This grant is part of a nationwide program to transition away from fossil fuels and address climate change in rural areas. As we find new and environmentally conscious ways to power our society, we must ensure our small businesses have what they need to be a part of this transformation, said Peterson. I'm glad rural Coloradans are finally seeing federal investments in modern renewable technology that will not only benefit the environment, but the local economy as well especially after visiting Estes Industries last year and launching some of their famous model rockets. I know this project will help Fremont County's renewable transition take off. Estes Rockets has been part of the Colorado community since its founding 65 years ago. We are proud to be able to bring almost a megawatt of new solar power to Fremont County with the support of the U.S. Department of Agriculture, said President of Estes Industries, Mallory Langford. This solar power will provide us cleaner, more cost-effective energy and enable us to grow our business in Penrose for years to come. According to the USDA, the new solar array will replace 867,022 kilowatt hours, KWH, which is enough to power 80 homes. The funds for the project come from the Rural Energy for America program, REAP, which is funding 700 loans and grants to help agricultural producers and rural small business owners make energy efficiency improvements and renewable energy investments to lower energy costs, generate new income, and strengthen the resiliency of their operations. This funding is made possible in part by President Biden's Inflation Reduction Act, IRA, the nation's largest ever investment in combating the climate crisis. 
Estes Industries was the first company to be able to mass-produce reliable model rocket engines. They are currently engaged in research, development, testing, and production of small rocket motors that can be used in defense and aerospace projects. The Estes site in Fremont County hosts a design lab, assembly lines, rocket motor manufacturing, warehouses, machinery, and management. The site is also used as an education facility through Estes's partnership with the Air Force Academy and Reserve Officer Training Corps (ROTC) for rocket building and testing. That story, Estes Industries receives Rural Renewable Energy Grant. And next up, Farm Bill Extended Western Legislators ask for more funding to address extended drought. This posted by Jan Wondra. As Congress brokered their last-minute deal to avoid a government shutdown, the 2018 Farm Bill was set to expire. In November, President Joe Biden quietly signed a one-year extension to the 2018 bill, allowing additional time for Congress to negotiate this huge, complex piece of legislation. This was a good thing. According to a briefing by the Colorado River District's Director of Government Relations, Zane Kessler, if an extension had not been agreed upon, the fate of many federal agriculture and nutrition programs was in doubt. While negotiations are ongoing, legislators from the West are raising the issue of long-term climate impacts. Colorado U.S. Senator Michael Bennett, who is chair of the Senate Agriculture Subcommittee on Conservation, Climate, Forestry, and Natural Resources, alongside U.S. Senator Deb Fisher, Republican Nebraska, and 15 bipartisan Senate colleagues, have called on U.S. Senate Committee on Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry leaders to address long-term drought in the upcoming Farm Bill. Agriculture is the economic backbone for rural communities in our states. However, severe long-term drought is devastating these rural areas," wrote Bennett, Fisher, and the senators. During periods of droughts, our farmers and ranchers face diminishing crop and livestock outputs. These negative effects reverberate through the community, affecting not just individual producers but the broader local economy and food system. Here in the West, we know that the natural patterns of droughts have become more frequent, severe, and longer because of our changing climate. Since 2000, the American West has experienced some of the driest conditions on record, and the American Southwest continues to suffer an unprecedented period of extreme drought. We urge the Senate Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry Committee, under your leadership, to consider these risks as you draft the upcoming farm bill. The farmers and ranchers in our states are counting on a multi-year farm bill that provides support to conserve water, improve watershed scale planning, upgrade water infrastructure, protect land from erosion, and create long-term resiliency on changing landscapes for growers in drought-affected regions. Concluded the senators. With the one-year extension, several smaller initiatives like trade, research, and rural development programs can continue at least for this year. Kessler pointed out that programs such as the Natural Resources Conservation Service (NRCS) could continue making payments on existing contracts, but wouldn't be able to offer new contracts. Other conservation efforts would go on hold. 
not in danger. The working lands programs are protected due to their funding being extended by the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Behind-the-scenes work on the five-year farm bill has been in process for nearly 18 months. With the extension in place, negotiations are continuing, with the Freedom Caucus generally considered to be the most conservative and far-right of Republicans intent on cutting farm programs. Among programs the Freedom Caucus is not enthusiastic about, farm bill-related provisions from the 2018 Farm Bill covering numerous food and nutrition policies and programs. Key topics of debate will almost certainly include food stamp assistance, SNAP, and funding levels for climate change and rural energy programs, added Kessler. Translation regarding the last two items, they're less than enthusiastic about dealing with the West's drought or helping us in rural areas develop more efficient, climate-friendly energy sources. In fact, members of the House Freedom Caucus are still demanding steep cuts to the ag portions of the new bill, not just nutrition programs. The Freedom Caucus's insistence on cutting farm programs is likely a bad sign for the farm bill, as those demands are nearly certain to resurface, said Kessler. Lawmakers have yet to release the draft text of the Farm Bill legislation in both chambers. Leaders in the House and Senate, Representative G.T. Thomas, Republican, and Senator Debbie Stabenow, Democrat, have announced their intention to share draft legislation when the bill draft is available. What happens next? A late farm bill is nothing new. In the 21st century, no farm bill has passed on time. As early as spring 2023, lawmakers began predicting a farm bill extension until late 2024. With the overall federal budget deadline already pushed back, consideration of the farm bill may be pushed back even further. What is more concerning is the political climate. The Freedom Caucus has tended to work rather incognito and doesn't list their members but Pew Research Center has confirmed the identities of 36 Freedom Caucus members through representatives' public statements, their comments to the media, or their office's direct responses. They are more conservative, they tend to be new members with less time in Congress, and they represent less than one-sixth of House Republicans. But they have an outsized influence— the group's decision not to back House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy prompted McCarthy to pull out of the race and positioned the Freedom Caucus as a kingmaker, with current House Speaker Mike Johnson balancing on a razor-thin majority and juggling a volatile mix of issues and demands to retain his seat. Out here in rural America, we wait. Perhaps we could remind the Freedom Caucus of who feeds this nation. That story, Farm Bill Extended, Western legislators ask for more funding to address extended drought. Also in the news, Chafee Housing Authority ballot survey goes live. This posted by Elliot Jackson.
The Chafee Housing Authority, CHA, has put its housing ballot question survey online. The housing issue ballot survey, which was approved at its January 18th regular meeting, is designed to get feedback from Chafee County residents on their responses to a couple of different tax proposals, which would be aimed at building a fund for a 10-year plan for affordable housing in the county to be administered by the CHA. The focus of the survey is to gather info and data to make a better informed decision on a ballot question, should we decide to do that, said CHA board member Jeff Eaton. At the CHA January 18th meeting, the CHA board voted to go ahead with draft language for a survey designed by Magellan Strategies with input from CHA committee members. Magellan spokesman Ryan Winger addressed the different options that the CHA wishes to test for a potential ballot question in the 2024 election, beginning with whether voters prefer a sales tax or a property tax. It moves on to an option for respondents to give their preferences on whether they prefer a smaller sales or property tax. Winger also stressed the voter education information that would be part of the survey. The CHA has made no final decisions on whether or not they might put a workforce housing question on the ballot. Winger laid out a timetable for the survey. I consider February to be our launch month. We are in the field for 10 to 14 days, then we deliver the final data to you by the end of February. Winger also said that the target survey sample size was 600 respondents, but said that he expected it might be higher than that. Survey respondents should be 18 or older and reside in Chafee County, but do not need to be registered voters. According to a CHA press release sent out earlier this week, there are three ways to respond to the survey. Visiting the Chafee Housing Authority homepage and clicking on the Housing Ballot Measure Survey button or going directly to the survey link. Scanning the QR code below in this article or beginning Thursday, February 1st to Monday, February 19th, some voters and residents will receive a text message on their cell phone or electronic device inviting them to participate in the survey. The text will have the Chafee Housing Authority logo at the top. That story, Chafee Housing Authority Ballot Survey, goes live. And continuing in the news, federal government to end affordability connectivity program. This posted by Jan Wundra. In a communication from Aristata CEO Carlin Walsh, Chafee residents who are Aristata customers have learned that the monthly affordability connectivity program assistance credit for high-speed internet will come to an end in April 2024. That is, unless Congress extends this program and continues to fund it, which doesn't look promising. In spite of our persistent efforts to see the affordability connectivity program extended, the federal government has notified us that funds for this program will be depleted by the end of April 2024, wrote Walsh. This assistance has been a critical resource for rural Americans, ensuring that over 23 million families in need of affordable high-speed Internet received a credit on their monthly bill. Many of Aristata's customers participate and benefit from this program. 
The Affordable Connectivity Program was set up in 2021 by the Federal Communications Commission, FCC, as part of the $1.2 trillion Bipartisan Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. The goal was to expand broadband Internet access to millions of low-income Americans who either lacked Internet access entirely or who didn't have a stable connection. The program subsidizes the cost of monthly Internet bills by up to $30, or $75 on tribal lands. It includes those receiving SNAP benefits, those on veterans' pensions or HUD recipients, and those receiving government benefits to provide vital connectivity that they did not have at home or could not afford. While the end of this program will not impact the Internet service provided by Aristata Communications, it does mark a shift as the federal government sunsets programs instigated during the COVID-19 pandemic to assist Americans in coping with the pandemic realities. With millions of business people, schools, and even local government staffers working from home, it was recognized that access to the Internet was not a luxury, but a necessity. Walsh has suggested that Aristotle customers consider reaching out to Colorado's two U.S. Senators, Senator Michael Bennett and Senator John Hickenlooper, and Congresswoman Brittany Peterson to request the extension of and replenished funding for the Affordable Connectivity Program. At the moment, the program is still taking registrations, but after February 7th, the FCC will no longer enroll new applicants into the Affordable Connectivity Program unless Congress approves more funding after the April expiration date. Reliable, affordable Internet is no longer a luxury. It is a vital and essential necessity for all, including rural Americans, said Walsh. That story, Federal Government to End Affordability Connectivity Program. And next up, Chafee Sheriff offers tips to keep your home safe from burglaries. This posted by Arc Valley Voice staff. Think of it as our local version of Home Alone without the sharp-eyed kid to flush out the burglars. Over the past several months, the Chafee County Sheriff's Office has taken reports of burglaries in unoccupied residences where the persons living there were either out of town for the holidays or for the winter season. Their investigations have revealed that the burglary suspects are surveilling neighborhoods to identify homes that appear to be empty. Given that an estimated one in every four homes in this county are second homes, It appears to provide ample targets for burglars. The suspects are surveilling neighborhoods where it is apparent that nobody is home due to factors such as recent snow and no snow removal, no lighting in the house, and so on, reads a communication from the Chafee County Sheriff's Office. While it appears that the suspects in these burglaries may have focused on certain areas, the Chafee County Sheriff's Office is reminding all residents to be aware and take measures to add a level of protection to their homes. There are certain things that all residents can do to help prevent being targeted by intruders and trespassers. Make yourself known to your neighbors and develop that relationship so that when you travel, you can make them aware of travel plans and ask that they keep an eye on your property, 
According to the sheriff's office, one of the best crime prevention and crime-solving tools is to have extra eyes on an area. Always have lights on timers that illuminate your residence both inside and outside. Interior lighting demonstrates that residents are inside and active. This should include motion-activated lights for the exterior of the property and outbuildings. If it is winter time, consider contacting a snow removal company and make arrangements to have your driveway plowed and your sidewalks shoveled. Keep windows and doorways, and even your overall property, trimmed from excess brush and trees. Good visibility of a property is very important to allow your friends and neighbors the ability to assess if something is out of place or if there are unwanted visitors. Keep a good inventory of your valuables, including photos and serial numbers. If you are going to be gone and have a gun safe, lock up both valuables and keys to vehicles in that safe. There are numerous companies that sell inexpensive and easy-to-operate security cameras. These systems not only notify you immediately if someone has entered your property or residence; they also record both audio and visual activity for extended periods. These are just a few ideas, according to the sheriff's office. There may be more things residents can do to protect themselves based on their home's location and other services available in that specific area. The Chaffey County Sheriff's Office says that it is continuing to investigate the burglaries and will notify residents if there are any updates. That story, Chaffey Sheriff, offers tips to keep your home safe from burglaries. And continuing, Big Thompson Water Units to hit the auction block. This posted by Jan Wondra. Here in the West, we know that water rights are gold. With the drought impacting the Mountain West now, water is an increasingly precious commodity. So when the news broke this morning that 186 water units of the Colorado Big Thompson Project (CBT) are headed to auction in February by the water auction group Hall and Hall, it makes news across Colorado. At the moment, no one knows how high the bidding on those water units might go. No one yet knows what impact that price could have on the state's water resources. The CBT sale includes water units owned by two Colorado ranch families. The Yoakum family's 90 water units of the Colorado Big Thompson project will be offered at auction in 37 tracks and combinations on February 14, 2024. The Carlson family trusts land and water auction of 154 plus or minus deeded acres and 96 Colorado Big Thompson water units will be offered in 30 tracks and combinations on February 28. Seldom do CBT water units come on the market, and it is even more rare at public auction," said Director of Hall and Hall Auctions Scott Schumann. "I am frequently asked about the value of CBT units, and this public auction will demonstrate the true price discovery of the market value. What exactly is a water unit?" According to the Colorado River District, there are two basic units of water measurement from a water management perspective. For water that is in motion, cubic feet per second (cfs) is the unit of measure. For water that is stored or impounded, the acre foot (af) is how water is measured. The water units in the auction are within the Northern Colorado Water Conservancy District. 
That district was created to jointly operate and maintain the federally owned Colorado Big Thompson Project with the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation. The CBT project collects supplemental water west of the Continental Divide for delivery to approximately 1,021,000 people and 615,000 irrigated acres in northern Colorado for agricultural, municipal, domestic, and industrial purposes. Schumann noted the Joachim family auction will be held at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on Wednesday, February 14th at the Boulder County Fairgrounds Barn A in Longmont, Colorado. The water units cross the Pawnee National Grasslands. The Carlson Family Trust's land and water auction will be held at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on Wednesday, February 28th at the Eaton Recreation Center in Eaton, Colorado. Two more information days for the Carlson Family Trust's land and water auction will be held February 7th and 21st. According to the information site, the Carlson Family Trust's land and water auction includes 154 plus or minus deeded acres and 96 Colorado Big Thompson CBT water units. The land will be offered in four tracks from 10 plus or minus acres to 124 plus or minus acres. The CBT will be offered so that buyers can purchase one water unit, all 96 units, or the amount that meets your specific needs. And that's all we have time for. Thank you for joining us. For the Ark Valley Voice News Program, my name is Michelle Wexler. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aftersight.org or by calling 303-786-7777. 